just made a friend. What an incredible string of hits. Bert Bacharach, who passed away yesterday. Joining me now, Amanda Lang, host of Taking Stock with Amanda Lang on BNN Bloomberg. Good morning. Good morning. Please don't let this be a musical quiz. <laughs> okay. I, but you know that uh, these songs come up and you go, yeah, I know that one. I know that one. Yes. I know that yeah. one. <laughs> but I certainly wouldn't know who had written it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I hadn't thrown this in earlier this morning. Nick just reminded me that part of his music education as Burt Bacharach was getting going was at McGill. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, look at you. Nice connection. See? Is a soft <laughs> landing still possible for the economy, Amanda? So this is probably the biggest question that economists are mulling over. And there is some reason for good news on that front. There's a reason for optimism, including uh, the recent jobs data. We're going to get in fresh jobs data any minute. And our labor market is tight. And what happens in recessions, of course, is you get layoffs, you get high unemployment, and that becomes then that vicious cycle of then businesses don't have customers, everything slows down. In this case, we're not seeing layoffs. Uh, we certainly haven't seen them broad-based. And so there is some optimism that the strength of the economy will hang on. you got some other things like China reopened after being locked down for so long with COVID. That's creating new kind of economic zest worldwide. And some prices have come down. Commodity prices have come off their really, really high levels. Uh, and so you wrap all that together and more economists are saying there's a greater chance of a soft landing. Uh, it's not 100% chance. It's more like 30%, but it's better than it was. You know, I look at the gas pump and I, 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 I get mad at myself for thinking the price is okay, but it's simply because of what it was not long ago. Well, that's right. I mean, you, you bang your head against the wall, it feels good when you stop. Uh, we still have, of course, high-priced gasoline. There are still incredibly high prices uh, for things like food. And let's not forget that when things like our rent go up, as they have across the board, and mortgages, of course, they don't come down uh, the minute uh, things soften. So those are kind of dug in for a little while, at least a year, say. And so that causes pain that will continue for a lot of people. Um, but what the bank is watching is, is the spiral still heading higher? And I think they're starting to feel quite confident that they've actually, they've they've basically tamed inflation and it's starting to head down. How quickly will it come down is really the question now. Well, we've heard of this threat for a while, but Netflix Canada is beginning their password sharing crackdown. How's that going to go? So it's a big question mark. Uh, Netflix says 100 million households share passwords with other people worldwide. Now, that's a big number, so you can understand why, why it's a problem for them. Uh, I think they got a big PR problem on their hands, because I don't know about your household, but we I have multiple devices in multiple places. Uh, one of the things I prize about Netflix is that it's very portable. So I haven't yet received my email telling me when and where I can use my Netflix. Um, but if they start charging subscribers these extra fees for extra extra locations. So let's say you want to go use your Netflix at your cottage. Do you have to pay extra for that or go through some weird red tape proving that that's also your house? I think they might lose people here. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. You understand the problem that they have, but this it, it could be one where this horse is out of the barn and they're trying to close the door way too late. Okay, so it's a consideration for me uh, in that, uh, quite frankly, I'll be honest about it, I'm sharing my sister and brother-in-law um, Netflix and I, you yeah. know, I'm getting it for nothing. But it, it, the additional is not twenty bucks. It's like seven ninety nine. And I've actually been asking myself if they're gonna if they're gonna cut me off, whether I might just uh, you know transfer that amount of money to my sister and her husband at like eight bucks a month or something, and just say okay, then that's what I'll do. 
Yeah, interesting. I mean, you might. That there's a bit of kind of uh, legwork involved and some paper. You know, like you got to transfer cash. I think people, most people, won't want to go through that. They'll want to either get their own, or you're actually here. You're a good test case. Will you dump it all together if you no longer have access to that, or will you subscribe to whatever the the minimum subscription is that you could, you could get? Like that'll be the question: Is is it worth it to you to get your own subscription now? Well, and I have to balance that against the 1.7 million I supposedly need in order to retire. <laughs> exactly. This is this BMO study looking at what we think we need for retirement. The key is so 1.7 is what Canadians think they need. That's actually um, it, it's a big number, but it includes your full net worth. Uh, and so oh, Canadians do get a little bit close to that. The average savings by Canadians 65 and up is about 1.3 million. Uh, but that number is up significantly from just uh, a year ago. And the number of people who think they're going to get there is down from a year ago. So in terms of our forecast of what we need, we think it's going to be higher than it was, and fewer of us think we're going to make it. Well, and to have one number like that is silly because it, it depends where you live. It depends what your lifestyle is, what your expectations are. Some people live on actually pretty modest income. Oh, for sure. And, you know, some people get their their Netflix from their sister and brother-in-law. So, yes. you know, the, you, you probably need 1.6 million. Uh, no, it's <laughs> totally right. It's very individual in terms of kind of what you're going to need. And that is, I mean, that's actually a really good point, Jerry. Everybody needs to look at their own situation and understand what they want to do in retirement. It's not some magic number. It's actually very practical. Where are you going to live? What are you going to eat? Do you want to travel? Uh, and you can actually do the math. There's lots of calculators online that can help you figure this stuff out and actually even work backwards to what you need to be saving today. And little public service announcement. If you're younger and you start saving now, you have to put away much less every month in order to get there. Uh, the miracle of com compounding return, Albert Einstein called it the eighth wonder of the world. Start young. Uh, it's not much use for those of us in middle age, but for anybody who's young, that's a, but just a good like reminder that the earlier you start, the less you have to do. I saw you on TV. I thought you were young. No way. Middle aged oh, man. All right, then. Although, although you lose me at Burke Baccarat. I mean, <laughs> not that old. All right, then. I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to get groceries from my sister and brother in law. That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, coming up on Taking Stock with Amanda Lang for this weekend, what do you have? We're taking actually a closer look at what the jobs are that are available. You know, everyone keeps talking about how there's so many unfilled jobs. It turns out that 60% of them are low paid jobs. Uh, they don't need high school uh, or sorry, they just need high school or no education at all. That's the educational requirement. And they pay under $40,000 a year. So yes, there are jobs, but they're not jobs that are going to get you rich. You will be sharing someone's Netflix password. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I always get disturbed when I see, oh, we've gained this many jobs. And my first question is always, how many in the private sector? Because that's all I care about. Yeah, you're absolutely right to ask that because, of course, the vast majority of jobs created in pandemic were public sector jobs that should occupy all of us because that's tax dollars. We Our base goes to support it. Uh, and so, yes, we have to ask that question. And having said that, public sector jobs are real jobs. They create economic value of a kind and they do uh, tend to be more stable. So it's sort of interesting to, to ask that question. We're going to get jobs numbers in two minutes. So we'll see uh, just where what the breakdown is. It's not expected to be a huge month for job creation, but uh, hopefully no big job losses, um, although apparently that's what the Bank of Canada wouldn't mind seeing. 
We'll get them in two minutes. You want to just sit here, you and me, and sing Burt Bacharach songs for two Play minutes? Play a little or? Burt Bacharach, <laughs> Neil Diamond. Yeah, go yeah, for it. There you go. Amanda Lang, uh, of course, will be with you on CTV News Channel and CP24, and an encore presentation of Taking Stock with Amanda Lang tonight at 10 o'clock on News Talk 1010. Thanks, Amanda. Great to talk, Jerry.